Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your lonely host, Dietrich, and today we have something a little bit different to normal. So this week, instead of a normal episode, we're taking the opportunity to help out our fellow podcasters, people who have helped us along the way, by letting you guys know all about them. So we've got four clips from four different podcasts for you to enjoy. First up is Infectious Groove. On Twitter, just to let you know, that's infectious underscore pod. So check them out. Uh, Here's the clip. (laughs) No, that that would be awesome. That's free promo for them. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they'd they'd pack that thing out. Right on. Uh, Okay, cool. Well, that wraps up music news. Yeah, that's uh, that's all we got. All righty. Our jammy. Moving right along, I have, as always, three songs that were stuck in my head that I was just listening to nonstop. <laughs> and again, these three couldn't be any more different, but one of them I get stuck in my head like constantly. Uh, if the song ever crosses my mind, I get stuck in my head. But in this order of importance for like songs that I have to hear right now, I've been listening to. Uh, do you guys know Boondocks by uh, Little Big Town? No. Okay. I know the band Little Big Town. And I feel no shame. I'm proud of where. Like, if yeah, you, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. As yeah. soon as it starts, you'd be like, oh, I know yes, that song. Okay. Okay. A jam. It's just a jam. Plus, there's a version. You can't get it on streaming, so we'll just put the regular version on our playlist. But they, they did a CMT Crossroads with Lindsey Buckingham, and he tore the hell out of that song with them. It oh, was yeah. great. Sweet. But anyways, I love that song. And it's almost like two songs in one because like halfway through it just stops and goes to like a breakdown. And the whole last minute of the song is totally different than the first half. And it's just a jam. I remember having big hopes for that band when they came out. And they've been, they, they're huge. Like they're, they have a lot of hits, but like I haven't liked anything they've done but that song. Aw, bummer. But damn it, I love that song though. <laughs> uh, that one. And then the one that I get stuck in my head every couple of weeks for some reason is Drive by the Cars. And it's just such a great song. And I saw a video on YouTube or something the other day about it was the anniversary of uh, Ben Orr's passing. And uh, Ben was the one who sang that song. Mm-hmm. Like uh, either Rick Ocasek or Ben Orr sang most or sang all the Cars songs. And uh, Rick sang a lot of the hits, but Ben Orr sang a lot of the hits as well. So as soon as anybody mentions the Cars or Ben Orr, for, I immediately get his vocal in my head from that song. It's getting great vocal. And it's crazy because Rick Ocasek wrote that song and asked Ben Orr to sing it. So, like, he was Weird. just like, he's just like, you'll do a better job on this than me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is cool, you know, and I have that ego about it. Uh, and then the other one that could not be more different than the other two, and for no reason whatsoever, I have had Camilo Cabello, Havana, stuck, stuck in my head. <laughs> that was, our, that was our, our theme song for last summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is such a jam. Yeah. Uh, and I just get it stuck in my head, and, yep. and there's, no, there's just no getting it out. So <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, look forward to those three showing up on the playlist. And uh, again, if you uh, this is your first time listening to us, maybe because of the Steve Gorman interview, boy, are you in for a treat, because here... Here we go. It is going to be Michelle's Jammy Jams. Michelle, hit us. That was my favorite one yet. You could just record that and make it a I was going to say, I'm never going to tap it. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, mine are, I just have two that I've been listening to this week. Um, also very different. I've been listening to Spaghetti Hands. Um, <laughs> Will you please clarify for people? Because no, there is no song called Spaghetti Hands. It's Darius Rucker and his song is called All Right. It's all right. Is it All Right? Or it's it's all, right? all Right. Okay, yeah. And, and uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Darius Rucker is famous for mumbling yeah. and there's a line at the beginning of the song where he says I got spaghetti and a cheap bottle of wine. wine I think yeah but he goes I got spaghetti and cheap bottle <laughs> somewhere along the line Michelle and I decided that he had spaghetti hands I literally the first time I heard it I had to run it back because I was like he has spaghetti hands <laughs> and I was like it was like just on the background I put the uh, the CD on or something when I got it and I was like what is going oh, on right God. now That's and awesome. uh, 
it's kind of stuck to the yeah. point where um, I think we were almost uh, made T-shirts or something. Oh, to probably. Say. That I sounds like something hands. we would do. Wait, yeah. is, it, is it possible that we drank a lot and then never followed through on it? Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that totally sounds like... So you see, Kyle, it's been like this for years. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been listening to Spaghetti Hands uh, quite quite a bit. and uh, People are going to be confused when they look at the playlist. They're going to be like, there's no song called Spaghetti Hands on <laughs> yes. here. Yes. Uh, you have to find it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like a Where's Hootie book. <laughs> and then the other one is My Chem which uh, I learned this week uh, Kyle's not about. Oh, <laughs> He's not about I my think, chemical No, we've talked about this on the yeah. show before because I, I, even teenagers, I was like, even teenagers? And he was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. Yeah, I came out in the car twice today and he was like, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't, the wrong way I don't hate them and I don't love yeah. them. They're just, they, the only thing that they ever did, and I'm sure I've beat this story to death with you though, is you can't sing the praises of your own record. Yeah. You can't. And when the Black Parade came out, yeah. these jokers got on the VMAs and got asked how good the Black Parade is and they were like, well, it's this generation's the wall. You can't say that about your own damn no, record. Yeah, like if, you, if I put out a record and you tell someone that it's this generation's Joshua Tree, great. Yeah. If I tell someone that, you're asking for your record to fail. I thought he completely. said it was it was like Queen or something. No, he said, lady, he said the wall. Trust me, because I, I just about threw something at the TV. I, so, uh, it was one of the songs off that album that drives me nuts, and that's why I think that's what started me not liking them in general. Is the Black Parade? What is that? I don't know. The Black Parade? Oh, maybe it was that song. Yeah, yeah, it's very maybe, possible. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing that and being like, "Nope." Yeah, th- <sighs> it was like two years after that record came out. I heard Teenagers out of nowhere, and I talked to Michelle about it. I was like, "I heard a Mike Kemp song I really liked." I told her what it was, and she was like, "That's off the Black Parade." And I was like, "Oh, damn it, <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch!" Yeah, I just can't get past uh, uh, that, I know. that guy. I don't I own, I own the greatest hits record on vinyl, but for teenagers, yeah, you know, and I think I like we've put it on like you've pulled it or something, Michelle, and I, like I'll play whatever you want to hear, and then I'm always like, okay, teenagers, and we're out, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, just play the whole thing. Yeah, no, that's a two LP set. I ain't sitting through two LPs. Of I will. <laughs> my kind of, yeah, I know you will. Uh, so so that's, sp- that's it for me. Spaghetti hands and, and my hands and my hands. So- <laughs> I got spaghetti hands. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! And uh, Kyle, what have you got for Jamie Gems? Uh, so I've had three entire albums on rotation this week. Nice um, new releases, or just they're all new releases? Yeah. Yes. Um, see, now these we're going to have to watch for to see if they have the bump. Yeah. If so they get the Kyle bump. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what we were talking about before. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, Joji put out a new record called Nectar, and Michelle mentioned it last week because she thought that I listened to it and yeah, I, had, yeah. I had bypassed it and listened to something else instead of it. I know. And we've, I re- we've now got to the point where. Michelle's listening to the new stuff before you. Yeah, it's crazy. And, <laughs> and I, now I regret not listening to it before because it's... it's I, real good. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Right on. Um, YG also put out a new record called uh, My Life Faux Hunted. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Faux Hunted! And, Is it aggressive and, like are that? There, are, are there any tracks on it with Mike, period? <laughs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then uh, 21 Savage put out a record with Metro Boomin called uh, Savage Mode 2. The what? sequel. Wait, or is it T-O-O like I also am in Savage Mode? No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it could be taken either way, but Listen, no, it's the number I have two. To, I have to ask the important questions. <laughs> it's the number two. Actually, tomorrow when I'm editing the episode and putting the thing together, I'm going to be like, hooray. Because <laughs> like, I always put the playlist together for it. So, But yeah, all three hot. Like, yeah, no uh, I, dead uh, tracks among them. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed all three of them. It's been like a big old school thing for me lately. Like Roger Waters put out a live album that's, of course, all old Floyd material and Nick Mason 
put out a, a live album that's even older Floyd material than the Roger one. So, like, for me, there hasn't been much new exciting going on. So I was happy with, like, the three at least diverse songs. Mm-hmm. That yeah. mm-hmm. somehow, somehow 21 Savage got Morgan Freeman to do. Next up is the Film Feller and Friends. It's a movie news and reviews podcast by Jordi and Johnwell, who is the brother of Alex on our podcast. Found on Twitter at the underscore film underscore fella. Here they are. Probably a bit of a predisposition, um, and this is something that's going to annoy uh, Jordy quite a bit. Is I'm not a comic book film person like, at all. <laughs> We've discovered. <laughs> I just walked into his house about half an hour ago and just announced. Oh, by the way, I've not seen any Avengers films, <laughs> and the oh my god, the look on his face. He, he was he, he was seething. He was just like it's like I think he wants to keep me here and make me watch them now. But I'm I'm really busy, man. I don't know yeah. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> just until you like it. Yeah. So let's get on with the non-spoilery review of whether we thought it were any good or not. I mean, you were saying before that you're not even sure you can remember the film. Yeah. No. It'll, it'll come back to me as we go through it. And you've you've done a you've done a. Do you want to go through it scene by scene? Scene by scene. <laughs> Opening shot, G- uh, Gotham. <laughs> nice, Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> Meet his murder. <laughs> um, so, well, did like did we think it was any good? Okay, well, I'll start with you. Did you think it was any I good? I thought it was great. I like, thought it was great also. I, I'll let you speak. I look, thanks, man. You know, I feel like such a guest here. I thought it was great. It's like, as, like, because I don't understand, like, comic book films as a whole, or, like, all the continuity and all how everything's supposed to tie together. For me, in particular, it was really nice to just have, a, like, a standalone film, because then I don't have to know anything else. Yeah, that's true. Like, you could not know anything about the Joker and watch that and have a good time. That's what that's what I think. I, f- I think that's what Todd Phillips went for. Yeah, I think big oh, TP, big TP, yeah. represent Phillips, <laughs> represent. I mean, is that what we're calling him? Do we know him? <laughs> yeah, we, we act like we do. <laughs> we do. We do, we do this all the time. <laughs> Every episode, we just act like we know people. <laughs> fake it till we make it. Oh, that's thing, that, yeah. isn't it? It's usually a Keanu Reeves impression thrown in there. Maybe a maybe a Nicholas Cage one. Oh yeah, we're, can we? Shuffle one of them in? No. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I would. I, I want to go see it again. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Maybe we can. We've got unlimited cards now. We can do that. <laughs> we have you are allowed. Now. <laughs> yeah, plug. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't been paid to say this yet. We've got, we got limitless cards. So what's, a, what's a limitless card? Where you pay like 18 quid a month and you can watch as many films as you want at Odeon. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So we've been like three times in the past week. Oh. <laughs> Terminator tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? Okay. If you want. Oh, man. <laughs> it depends on how long around. It looks really good. It, it's meant to be really good. Well, we're talking about jokes. I know, I know, but I just want to say, Linda Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ugh. <laughs> I'd, I'd let her kick the shit out of me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Can we swear? Yeah. You can do what you want. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Fan-fucking-tastic. Think of the children. Think of the children. Think of the six people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> One oh. of them being me. <laughs> the poor children. Um, yeah, so what have I got on this uh, list here? So I thought it was an interesting film, considering that it's got a focus on like mental health and like how highly relevant in today's society that is. Oh, you wrote it. 
You wrote it. Society. Ah, he said it again. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate? Have you not? S- how how in touch with memes are you? I don't know. Clearly not. <laughs> in touch if, you type, if you type "society" into Google, you'll get nothing but Joker memes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I also did not know this. No, I've not seen this. <laughs> How often do you do on the internet? You're always on Instagram. I know that much. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like... Go outside, play footy. <laughs> <laughs> I got straight and played Kirby with kidding. my friends. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. I know this isn't good radio. So just, uh, just, just, yeah, he's um, he's just showing us the memes. <laughs> Society. Show me the memes. Show me the memes. I know it's not good radio. It's going for but one second. It's fact, we, we do all sorts. Society. We, we digress memes. a lot. A yeah, society I meme. I don't look at memes. That's why I'm happy when people send me them because I don't see them that often. Like, like that. Ah. We live in a society. <laughs> that sort of thing. Oh no, I've not seen something, it. Something, something. There's tons. Like people just turning like old pictures into pictures of the Joker <laughs> and stuff like that, and it's all about society. It came from. Um, it came from the original Dark Knight stuff. Cause, oh, um, so it's that old. Yeah. It's, it, it, honestly, it's it's over ten years old. That meme. Wait, two thousand and nine was Dark Knight, wasn't it? Yes. 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 Maybe. Yeah. No, wait. Was it after that? <laughs> Might have been eight. Might have been eight, like or nine. eight. When was Batman? Batman Begins was two thousand five, wasn't it? I feel like it was eight because it was every three years, wasn't it? Anyway. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it all comes from that because um, Heath Ledger had a line. It was something like, "You see, we live in a society <laughs> <laughs> like that." It was something like that. But the meme spawned like 10 years ago, and you've never seen it. Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next up is the gang over at Talking Shiz. They can be found on Twitter at Talking underscore Shiz. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started on this one. When I was younger, I, I remember you can go buy that big box of comics, right? And they're, like each comic was like 25 cents. Um, and then, you know, like that was at not really at a comic book store. But, like, at places that sold comics, like Hole in the Wall, like, hey, we have everything type places. Or, like, uh, sh- um, like the fairgrounds that used to have, like, these big boxes of comic books. Right. And you could buy the whole box for, like, ten bucks. Um, but then I went to our, our local comic book shop, and the same comic books I... I <laughs> the same comic books I purchased, all right... Now these these ones that I'm currently holding in my hand, I literally bought for a quarter a piece. All right, like I got Constantine, Superman, whatever, a quarter a piece. I went to the comic book store and they were a dollar a piece. And it was like, like I understand that there's the the overhead costs and I understand all that stuff, but come on, man, like maybe a quarter more, I get it, but no, no, a full dollar inflection of. A full, yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Four times the, or yeah. three times the amount. That's crazy. <laughs> so, Maddox, what's what's your thoughts about it? Dude, I can relate because, for starters, you know, I have the original Atari. I actually have it inside my dresser right now, keeping it away from the elements and everything. I even have a antique, I call it antique, but it's, you, you remember the original Atari cases where you can open it up and it can hold like eight Atari games per case. Yes. Yes. I have two of those and they're full of games. Nice. nice. And, and I even have the original ET, which is the worst game ever, but still, it's that's a the first video game that has audio though, that, that yes. has an audio that talks. Yes. So that that's and very important. It's, it's very rare. 
Yes, and that's yes. why I'm holding on to it. Um, I've even got Pac-Man, Battle Tanks. I, I've got it all. Um, now, here's my thing. Just out of curiosity, I asked my father because this, he's the one that gave it to me. And I valued it. And it still works, still to this day. It's amazing. So, I went wow. ahead and I asked him, I said, how much did it cost you to buy one of those games? He said, probably about, about a dollar, maybe, if that. He said, it was probably cheaper than that. I said, Dad, you probably will have a conniption fit if I told you how much that they're asking for freaking Pac-Man at a comic book store. And he's like, well, how much? I said, 50 freaking dollars. They want fifty dollars for that, a pack. That's a new game. I was today. like, oh. exactly. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's that's yeah, a uh, that's an Xbox and PlayStation game right there. I just bought my son uh, the downloadable version of uh, Modern Warfare, and it would cost sixty five dollars, um, and it came with a DLC. Fifty dollars for a you know retro game is that's that's insane, especially when it's, you can go to like a. a a yard sale or something like that and pick that up for five bucks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and see, that's my point, man. And not only that, I, and I don't know if I'm pretty sure some, both of you guys have had this console, but I used to have a Nintendo 64 and no, the, don't, I, don't. I, I, I've never had a 64. My dad said no. So, uh, Never had a sixty-four. I was I raised a Sega Genesis house. See, so I, I was we, I was Nintendo, and then I had a Sega, and then when uh, I, I never got a Super Nintendo, never had. A, from there, from the Genesis, I end up getting a PlayStation. So, well, yeah, Nintendo was, sixty-four. I guess the way that you can look at it is, um, you've played Nintendo Wii, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so basically, a Nintendo 64's controller is like having a Nintendo Wii uh, joystick in the center, and then you've got the regular controller sitting right on top of it. That's exactly how it looks and how it feels. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's not I motion control. <laughs> I mean, it can be motion and control, if especially you when you play like Donkey off. Kong. If you wanted to play Donkey Kong, you had to buy a, a, a an add-on to the remote control, which had a rumble pack, which yeah, we the, actually the had. We, we have the back, yeah, for for the controller, so that way it can be able to rumble. <laughs> Let's get ready to we rumble. Actually, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we dude, still we was... still play our Nintendo sixty four. Oh, dude, and I actually and I love this game, and I there was uh, Banjo Kazooie. Uh, and here's another game that. Oh, was don't you one have night. don't you have a T-shirt of that? Yeah, th- courteous of you. Thank you. Um, I do I have. <laughs> well, you are. Don't, don't feel ashamed. It's okay. Um, you know, but it, it makes me warm and fuzzy inside, like alcohol. I, I <laughs> well, just bought a retro that's uh, uh, Zelda shirt. Yes, that's awesome. Now, there's two games from, no, three games. There's three games from the Nintendo 64 that is overpriced like crazy. Okay. So I'm going to name these three games Star Fox 64, Super Smash yep, Brothers, yep. yep, and, yep. uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina yep. of Time. Ta- 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, this yeah. particular problem is that when we went out to go ahead and um, go and just just a shop, okay, we looked at these little cartridges and normally that would have cost us what 14 15 bucks back in the day maybe yeah maybe 20 maybe something yeah. like that yeah yeah with tax these people wanted 80 dollars a pop why yeah because <laughs> they said question. that it's why? rare they said that it's, it's rare. Not, it's not, rare not it's not that rare like you can find them you in know, a dumpster somewhere you know there is a place in Arizona where somebody buried a thousand video cartridges, and if they really wanted to find rarity, they could find them right there in Arizona. There's a literally like they buried all the cartridges that they ever made of this one particular game. I can't remember what it's called now, but that's a, they, that's the same place hated, where Walter White buried his money, right? In the same place. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. The the exact same place, right there. Right. I close. think it was. Yeah. The. Yeah, the blue meth uh, video game yeah. console. Yeah, yeah, next, yeah that's and, the one. Yeah, I know. It, I, it, <laughs> I heard it. Uh, it definitely uh, it speeds up things. Like it's a very. It was, I don't have. Yes. Okay, look, I'm not technical. Okay, and it has a knocking issue. And it's it's, yeah. it's the one that knocks. Yeah, a lot of photosynthesis with the megabytes with the gigabytes and you know terabytes. A lot of biting going on apparently. It's all kilobytes, man. <laughs> I don't think there's any megabytes anywhere in there. <laughs> And finally, we have seven friends from the Treble Treble podcast. They can be found on Twitter at Treble Treble Pod. Check them out, and here is the clip. The first episode is all about Pearl Jam's debut album, 10. Where to begin? Where to begin? Well, I'd recommend opening a nice bottle of red wine like myself. Maybe a nice Chianti. Since we're talking about Pearl Jam's debut album, we have to get into the backstory about how the band formed. So I guess that means we need to start with Mother Love Bone. Well, actually we need to start with Green River. Ever heard of them? Probably not, unless you're a big Pearl Jam fan. Green River was formed in 1984 right here in the Pacific Northwest. More specifically, in Seattle. Some of the members of the band were Mark Arm, who later went on to form Mud Honey, Jeff Ament, and Stone Gossard. Now you understand why we had to start here. Now, I'm not going to tell you the whole history of the band. That's a story for another album. Eventually, Green River broke up, and out of the ashes formed the band Mother Love Bone with Ament, Gossard, and their new vocalist, 24-year-old Andy Wood. Right before Mother Love Bone's debut album came out, Wood died of a heroin overdose. Yet again, Ament and Gossard were without a band to perform in. Ament took some time to shoot hoops and reflect on life. He had been a part of two bands destined for success, but ultimately met their demise before they could succeed. Before Wood's death, he had been living with the frontman of a really popular Seattle band, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Cornell was devastated by the death of his best friend, Andy Wood. He started writing songs for an album inspired by his friendship with Wood. He asked remaining members of Mother Love Bone, newly recruited Mike McReady, 
and his Soundgarden drummer Matt Cameron to become a supergroup known as Temple of the Dog. At the time the album was coming together, Amon and Gossard were looking for a singer for a new band. A demo tape of some songs they had got together found its way down to Southern California through ex-Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Jack Irons. It fell into the lap of Eddie Vedder, then known as Edward Lewis Severson III. They were both a part of the San Diego music scene and good friends. Rumor has it that he listened to the album while at work at a Chevron gas station. Vedder, originally from Chicago, Illinois, took the demo tape and recorded vocals quickly and mailed the demos back to Amit and Gossard. The demos on that tape are known as the Mama Son Demos. There were tons of singers in Seattle that auditioned and wanted to be in the band. However, the Seattle duo was so impressed by his powerful voice, they invited Vetter up to jam more. Vetter was focused. He told the band he wanted to go directly into the practice space, dubbed as Galleria Potato Head, by the band. Within an hour of landing in Seattle and for the next week, the roots of Pearl Jam were taking hold. I've been to the building where the practice room was, actually. The alley feels a bit unsafe and dark and dirty, even after the gentrification of Seattle. It's hard to walk down the alley without stepping in bird and or dog feces. Sorry to mention it, but I'm trying to paint a picture here. (laughs) Dumpsters overflowing, graffiti everywhere. You can totally imagine Eddie getting locked out of one of the practice session in the rain, even. Standing in the same spot, he wrote that song, Oceans. This practice session happened before the band was even called Pearl Jam. Initially, they were known as Mookie Blaylock after the NBA player that the band were all fans of. After the week was over, Eddie flew back to Southern California. He packed his bags and moved to Seattle and never looked back. Just two weeks after forming as a band, Mookie Blaylock performed their first show at the off-ramp. The venue is known today as El Corazon and was less than a 10-mile walk from my apartment when I lived in Seattle. I can't tell you how many shows I've seen there. Every time I'd go to a show, I'd imagine looking on the stage and seeing Pearl Jam up there. I walked by that venue all the time. Anyway, back to the story. After the band was sent notice from NBA player Mookie Blaylock's lawyers, they announced on a radio broadcast in March of 1991 that their new name would be Pearl Jam. We'll be back next week, folks.